Hi. Hi. I'm I'm here. Uh, where? Where's here? I'm I'm here on in your in your ears. I'm talking to you through the microphone talkie thingy. Huh. Wow. That's weird. It's almost as if you're right here, except I can't see you. I know. I know. And it's almost as if I spent an extra 20 minutes at Starbucks this morning. And that's why we're starting a podcast at 1019 instead of 10 a.m. Wow. Uh, that's uh, that's a big mistake. Well, it was there. It was there were two things. There was a compounding situation. Well, in fact, there were three things. So I put it in a mobile order. And when I got there, there was no mobile order to be to be picked up. Um, and then when maybe like eight minutes later, there was a mobile order to be picked up and, and it was wrong. It was, it was, they, they gave me the wrong thing. Um, and so then I got them to remake it. (sighs) You you know, you know what I do? I, I, I drive to the Starbucks. uh uh I get out of my car. I got, I I walk in like a gentleman. (laughs) I, 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 I wait in the line. I make an order. I watch them make the order. I give feedback like, hey, um, uh, uh, d- did you put my sandwich in? Um, you know, that was that was not uh, dark roast. That was uh, light roast. Talking, I hit the button that hangs up. <laughs> I was in the middle of my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to capture this. OK, so it's dark. It's not dark roast. It's light roast. Yeah, I get I, yeah. like I go in. I go in. I don't place in mobile order, Ben. I, I place a, I place a live in person order and then I watch them make it. <laughs> mm, I see. I see. I, I could see and, how. And, and I think net net, you're probably ahead of me, but I was here on time today. I'm just hey, saying. Today hey, hey, not, not only that, not only that, Ben, I had time. I left my I left my my home early and I had time to get my car washed, even though there was a line at the car wash. Oh, are you allowed to wash your own car in New Jersey or does someone have to do that for you? Like with the gas tank? I, I think you're allowed <laughs> to wash your own car, but I go to a place where they wash it for me. Um, and uh, as I shared, uh, as I shared the other day to a bunch of people that uh, probably don't listen to the podcast, I. Um, I still remember when I was in uh, in graduate school at the University of Georgia, there was a car wash place, had a sign out front. Uh, I never got my car washed there, but read this sign every day on my way to work. You know what? And maybe that's why I got my car washed. I wash my car so much today is, is just like, you know, like subliminal, subliminal advertising. You know what that sign said, Ben? It said, look good, feel good, drive a clean car. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's like uh, one that's, of my favorite lines that's, from um, – uh, white men can't jump. Which, <laughs> really? Yeah, which is uh, look good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm paraphrasing. It's like uh, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. There you go. Drive a drive a clean car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Drive a clean drive a clean car. It's a good day. Um, yeah, hey. I, I I don't know. This uh, is so uh, for the most part, the mobile order is like the greatest thing. There are two Starbucks that are on my way from my house, uh, to, to my office, to campus. And one is on the convenience side and it is a little further away. And when there's traffic in the morning, it's the one I prefer to go to because it, uh, it helps me avoid a a bottleneck. So it it may, in, in the whole driving scheme of things, it may take an extra two minutes or three minutes, um, to get there, but it's, it's on the right side. And the one I went to this morning was because I was a little later, um, coming to campus was the one that is closer to my house, uh, is on the left side. And it is one that I don't, I, I, I don't go to it often. It's closer, but it's, it's in a weird spot. Um, and I, this is my first like 
I I would say major mess up in the mobile ordering. Sometimes they have like not so much when it comes to my coffee, but if there was a sandwich that I ordered, they, they may, you know, I may place the order and they may not have it. So then when I get there, they ask, Oh, Hey, can we give you another sandwich? That didn't happen today. Um, it was, it was just that they, I don't know, they seem to be behind, um, Mm. in there. Yeah. So, uh, but for the most part, it works really well. I love it. I don't Mm -hmm. have to talk to anybody. Like what you just, uh, um, described is exactly why I want to use the mobile uh, for you know process because I don't I don't want it to, I, I don't want to be a gentleman at, at I, Starbucks. Yeah, no, I understand the not wanting to talk to people thing. I, do, I totally get that. Um, but I go to this is like my Starbucks <clears throat> mm. that that I go to, and uh, and I know the people there, and some of them know me, and some of them are trying to get to know me because they're like, hey, what was your name again? Because I know uh, anyway, um, they're trying to get to know me because they've been told to do that. Also, also they're, they're told to do that. They're, they're like, closing. Uh, they're closing early um, uh, on a day that's coming up soon. Um, so that they basically, they can all be told uh, not to call the police on black people. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, true, true. I saw that uh, on the next Tuesday. I, yeah. it, it, yep, it flashed up uh, as I was there. Yep, um, as well. Oh man. Um, so, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. So Starbucks, I mean, for the most part, good, good stuff, uh, today, today put me a little behind. Hey, hey uh, so the other, the other, the other, uh, large food company that's sponsoring the podcast that's not sponsoring the podcast today is uh, Coca-Cola. Um, Ooh. so I have a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. you walk up to, let's say you're you're getting ready for your podcast. You've already had a cup of coffee. Uh, you don't. Your coffee place on your campus is closed, so you can't get another coffee. You don't want to drive to another Starbucks because that would just be ridiculous. Um, uh, so you go down to the vending machine uh, to get mm-hmm. yourself a, a Diet Coke, um, and uh, you you pay with your Apple Watch because that's cool, right? I mean, that's yeah, just yeah. really cool. Um, and you press the button for a Diet Coke. And then there's a clunk, and you go down and you look at the place where the soda comes out, and there is a Diet Coke. And there's a Dysani water that you did not order that's down there too. What mm-hmm. do you what do you do? Uh, What's, what goes through your mind? I, I think, oh, did I just get Free a bonus water? drink? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You don't and, your 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 immediate thought is not, huh, I wonder if somebody's trying to commit bioterrorism and they're putting <laughs> they're going around and putting waters nope. in, in vending machines. No. No, nope, not at no, all. I that, all. that that is sadly Ben, that is my first thought, and I do think about this. Um uh but uh, but I did take it back and it's now a backup backup drink for me here. Um yeah. Yeah, so. I like the, I like the bonus drink. Um, <laughs> I, neither of us thought, oh, hey, someone ordered this and left it there. Maybe I should just leave it beside <laughs> oh, the machine no. coming back. No, not at no. all. Well, here's the here's the thing. Okay, so the because I, I I did some. I'm a scientist, as you know, as you know, Ben. Um, as I've heard, I've heard. <laughs> I, I I did a couple of things. I inspected the water. First of all, I expect inspected it to make sure that no terrorists had injected it with uh, things, and and you could see like a needle hole where they injected it, right? So that that was not there. But also, the water was cold. And there was condensation on the outside identical to the condensation and the appearance of my Diet Coke. And so I want to say it came out at the same time as my Diet Coke. Oh, it's a, a double, a double yeah. uh, yeah. dualies. But, I, but, I, but there's no way I thought about I'm going to leave this here for the person that ordered the Diet Coke. They probably already got their refund from the, the toll-free number. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I would, I would definitely take that as a bonus um, and, and do, yeah, drink it. Well, I'm going to drink the Diet Coke first. 
If it is if it is spiked with some chemical that's going to kill me, I don't want to ruin the podcast. Right, right. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad for that. Also, do you think that the, that the terrorists would really start with you? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I let it begin with me, Ben. Let it begin yeah. with me. I think they're going to start somewhere else. It's not, I, it's not right. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How dare you? You question the my belief that I'm the center of the universe. Oh, I'm I'm not uh, questioning your belief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Don, oh, Don. Um, I had uh, I, so sometimes when we do podcasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays, like we are doing today, mm-hmm. um, I'm a little tired because I play hockey uh, on uh, Mondays and Wednesday nights, and I did that last night. Um, and I, you know, like to talk about uh, uh, Gunga Laganga, not Gunga Galunga, which is a different. <laughs> different hockey team uh, <laughs> that comes from Caddyshack reference. Uh, and, uh, we, we had, uh, we, we, we had a two, two tie last night and it's, uh, you know, whatever, right? Like, uh, I, I believe the, the terminology that my dad would, would call, would say is, is I think it's called kissing your sister, but I don't mm. really get it cause I'm an only child. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, I was like, eh, that was good. I mean, we played a good game, but, but two, two tie, no big, mm. no big, um, and then, uh, um, yeah, so then usually I, I sleep in a little bit, but this morning I, uh, I drove my kid to school and, uh, then went back home and then got, uh, yeah, then Starbucks and then here. So that's been, that's been my morning so far. Well, uh, welcome to, uh, Ben and Don <laughs> talking yeah. about their day. Yeah. <clears throat> Good. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. Well, um, apparently some people don't like that, but I think they've already stopped listening. Oh, yeah, speaking exactly. of speaking of people that like NPR and don't like us, um, so I, as I, as you know, because we talked about this uh, offline, um, I was recently a guest um, on the the CBC, right on the yeah, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Yeah, doing oh, their 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 show that's a ripoff of um, Morning Edition or Weekend Edition. Uh, we can, yeah, we can news called. Yeah. 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 We can, uh, Canada or something. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> I think that right. was a movie with Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think, I, I think you're thinking of, uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, Trudeau. Uh, uh, so what were you, what were you talking on the, uh, on the CBC about? What do they wanted to talk to you about? Well, as you know, Ben. Everything comes late to Canada, including the five-second rule. So I was oh, no. I was talking about the five-second rule. Of course, this is it. It is uh, disappointing uh, that my uh, Canadian kin have just caught up to the five-second rule conversation. Um, I look forward to uh, the next thing when they talk about listeria and ice cream. Um, but uh, well, hey, so the five, but you know, it, it did. Second. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was, I was just gonna say. So, what uh, was it? Metric? Were they? Were, did they get you on? It, it should always be base ten uh, in well, Canada. Well, of our calculations. Um, he, <laughs> excuse me. He did ask how high we dropped the food from um, onto the surfaces, and I explained uh, that it was a couple of inches. I don't know if that's a Canadian measure or not, but uh, yeah, we in the in the scientific paper we we reported it in centimeters, but uh, but we measured it, I think, in inches. So anyway, it's, apparently, you it's hard to drop food from more than a couple inches high. So I think people think uh, that in the laboratory, we put the, the Petri plates on the floor and we, or the, the surfaces on the floor and we dropped them from a great height, but we didn't actually do that. In fact, we just did them um, from very, very, very um, small height. Mm. Mm. Uh, that, uh, 
It's fascinating. <laughs> I know it was it was good. It was great radio. <clears throat> oh, and the, the, actually, there is a net. Uh, I think a net positive benefit to the the, the podcast in that I realized uh, because I was working with this guy who was the audio engineer, um, and they're very. I don't know if you've noticed this, Ben, um, but the radio people they are very concerned about microphone technique and about plosives. Uh, do you know what plosives are, Ben? Is that when you um, make those uh, P sounds really close to your your microphone? Yeah, people don't like that. So... I, uh, so this is my normal uh, microphone technique for talking with you. And then uh, for the CBC, I was kind of back here. And then the problem is I would get excited and I would start to talk about what I was talking about. And I would get closer and closer to the microphone. And they'd say, <laughs> uh, could you back off a little bit? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm back here now. Yeah, okay. So um, <clears throat> I think... So I've been researching microphones. I think, Ben, you know, we've been doing this show for, for, for a bunch of years now, and uh, the, money, the money is really rolling in. I, it's it is. Good, it's good. You make good money on a podcast without advertisers. Um, and I think it might be time to upgrade my microphone game. Ooh. So, so you're thinking, what are you, what are you thinking? What do you got, what do you got going on? Well, I, you know, I think that it's time to move. I think a USB mic is good for when you're just starting out on your podcast, but I think all the pros, um, uh, all the really big pros, um, uh, use a, uh, a, what they call a microphone uh, with a box. That's a technical term. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mic with a box. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I've been, I, I, uh, uh, there's a, a YouTube video with uh, Dan Benjamin uh, talking about uh, a microphone technique, actually, which I was which I was watching. Um, and then I, uh, Dan has a um, website for like gear to buy, and then uh, Marco Arment also has similar uh, similar advice. And so I, yeah, I think I might spring for uh, some nice gear, and then I could leave my USB mic at my office, and then I could um, um, have my, have the good gear at home, maybe. So I don't know. That's that's what I'm thinking, but uh, I might be slow to move on this. But that's that's. That's my thought process right now. All right. Well, keep me, keep me in the loop on this, uh, as they say on uh, conference calls. Um, and because uh, I might I might want to upgrade a microphone, too, because I had two. I had two microphones and then I broke one at home. So now I, I have to transfer like transfer this one back and forth like you, like a like an animal. Like an animal. Yeah. <laughs> like not like a gentleman. I, I was um, I Googled as you were you were talking. Um, I Googled Mike, Mike with a box and uh the thing that came up was uh, Catchbox, which is not the mic. It is a mic in a box, and it's the throwable microphone that we uh, oh, saw in yeah. use when we were out in uh, in the Minnesota, in uh, Saint Saint Paul, Minneapolis. So cool. All right, um, I have another. Uh, speaking of new microphones, I have another thing that I'm going to send you. Um, have you seen the uh, CNET tweet about? Um, uh, taking phone calls in a open space in an open office with this like thing that looks like a um, an S and M uh, type of type fetish mask. Uh, uh, <laughs> I only I only saw the image uh, and, and people that and that people had hot takes and I did not read the article or the hot takes. Uh, I I also didn't either, but I was thinking about getting these for us so we could do our. <laughs> So we could do our mobile, uh, you know, we could do it from a bus. Yeah, yeah, I'm on some, a bus. You're on a train, uh, and we're just uh, podcasting away, just connecting I, up to I, to the Skype and I, going. I feel like we should do it in a Hannibal Lecter voice, talking about fava oh beans God. and a nice Chianti. Yes, it was. The, I saw I saw many Hannibal Lecter references. <laughs> uh, I saw Bane, uh, the uh, Batman. Oh yes, villain. Yes. Uh, the one that I thought about was uh, Marcellus Wallace from uh, Pulp Fiction. 
Uh, but I, I didn't, I started penning the, uh, the tweet and it never made it out of my, my little like tweet, tweet inbox. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, so I, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm good with one of those, uh, as well. I don't even know, uh, I, I really do worry because, you know, I'm in a I'm in my office right now. We we have my office um, was not built for podcasting. Surprisingly, uh, it was built as an as an office. Um, and I know for sure that the three or four people in uh, offices around me know every time I'm talking to you on a podcast and they only hear half of the podcast, but they can hear hear my voice like three or four offices away. So maybe I need one of these. Well, and in fact, <clears throat> I've, heard, I've heard this specifically from Natalie, yes. um, who's mentioned to me that uh, she's heard half of all of our podcasts. She has. <laughs> and she doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to them because uh, she's like, I, 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 I already... I, I can guess what I, Don was saying. Exactly. Yeah. So, so talk about <clears throat> talk about Betteridge's law. The CNET headline is: Would you wear this muzzle around the office for private calling? The answer is no. I would not. <clears throat> no, no so. I would. I would not either. But on a maybe in a taxi cab. Um, if you know, it's just an awesome, we have to link to this in show notes. It is one of the greatest, uh, images that they use. Um, just, you know, someone staring off into the distance, uh, with, with, uh, iPhone headphones and, and, uh, a, uh, a muzzle, um, just, uh, you know, talking away on, uh, buy, sell, uh, you know, type things. So, yeah, cool. I think, uh, Technology needs to iterate on this a couple more times. I mean, I like I like the in principle. I like the idea, right? Is that yeah. you know, we we do have these open offices now, which are apparently horrible. Thank God, I have an office where I can close the door. Um, uh, and I understand that that phone calls people need to have phone calls, but it, they can be disruptive. And so, um, but yeah, I want some sort of space age thing where it's like an invisible force field. Um, yeah, or the or the uh, the get smart uh, cone of silence. Yeah. Um. This one, it's only, it's only 50 bucks. Maybe I'll get one of these just for fun, <laughs> just for fun. It, you know, what's it, it looks like it's awkward, right? To talk into. That's the big thing. Oh, it it's looks not hugely about, awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Or it looks like I'll be like talking like this the whole time. Yep. Um, yeah. Weird, weird. Um, so, Hey, I have, I have some stuff before we get into like real food safety things. Have you finished Patriot yet? Oh yeah, uh, I finished oh. it once. Um, uh, ran, went through it twice. Thinking about watching it a third time. Uh, what a show! What a awesome. show! So we, um, I thought I had finished it for some reason, and we did not watch the last episode uh, until this like last week, and then watched it. And it's yeah, I love it. And now I want now I want more Patriot. Oh, I know, um, now I know, because because it's uh, there's a cliffhanger. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and I don't. I haven't heard whether there. Have you heard anything about whether there's going to be another another yes. uh, season? Yeah, yeah. They, oh wait, sometime, no. Season yeah. two has been announced. Yeah, look yep. at that. Yeah, some. Oh, I think awesome. it's sometime in 2019, right? Uh, uh, I, I looked it up. Uh, well, so it says yeah. So, oh, um, somebody's calling me. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Episode uh, 2.1 airs 2018. Um, 2018. But it doesn't say. It doesn't have the details. So. Yeah, cool. So, so, oh, so good. I'm, I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Good. Um, and uh, this weekend, I'm uh, taking my kids to go see Solo, uh, which oh, is not yeah. not about a, a cup or a, uh, a a party, but about uh, Han Solo from the uh, from the Star Wars uh, uh, trilogies and ease the Star Wars universe. So, well, yeah, speak, speaking of popular movies that everyone is going to see, uh, you know what we just finally watched. <laughs> Um, the Godfather. 
No, uh, not quite that. Uh, not quite that old. But we're we're we're, we're we might get to that eventually. Uh, uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Oh no, much too new. Um, uh, <laughs> something, <laughs> something in between those two. Uh, I'm gonna say Titanic. Uh, oh, you are one off. Same director. Same director. Same director. Same director. Same director. Uh, Tall blue people. Uh, Avatar. Yes. Yes. Where's my <laughs> bell? Where's my bell? Wait. Oh, I have no bell. I'm in. I'm. In, uh. I got it. Yeah, you're. Very, that was. That was so good. You got. You got it in, I, in four. That's not yeah. bad. So we. I, so we finally watched Avatar, um, which was visually stunning, and uh, what an incredibly uh, overplayed, boring trope of a movie. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I've never. I've never seen it. Oh, it's. Uh, it's visually stunning. I can see why people love this in the theater. Um, you know, I could see how if you were if you liked a certain kind of illegal substance that's illegal in some states, um, how you would really want to go watch this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, the story was just you know really overplayed, just just totally not no surprises, uh, but very long and visually stunning. So wow, it is still I as you were talking, I googled um, popular movies, and uh, it is still the number one. Uh, in the uh, top 100 films of all time, worldwide gross. Oh, gross! Number, yeah, 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 yeah. And and number two, uh, domestic gross. Huh? Um, wow. Which is yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. I yeah, I've never seen it. I've also never seen uh, people talk about the the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm aware, and I, I make a lot of uh, Matrix type references, but I've never seen that that movie either, or any of those movies. Oh, the, and, the, and the first one's pretty good. I, I don't know about any other ones, but the first one's pretty good. Yeah, now I feel like I'm I'm too I'm too late to the party, but but you've well, clearly me, not. So. No, right. Avatar almost ten years old. Uh, we we watched it. Yeah. Well, well, cool. Um, yeah, we're going. We're we're hitting up solo. Um, my uh, my kids are very very excited. The hockey playoffs uh, are almost over, so now we are into movie viewing uh, season in my house. So uh, this yeah, this will kick off uh, you know, the forty five movies that we haven't watched in the in in the year. Um, <laughs> Or whatever it is, uh, oh, cool. So what else? What else is uh, what's going on with you? I got some stuff I got. I want to talk about. Oh, uh, uh, food safety wise. Yeah, but we could talk about other things. Um, no, I don't. You know, I don't know. I, I've been I've been putting a little bit into the Dropbox. We certainly have listener feedback, which we can always do. But I have no. I have nothing other than my my question to you about bioterrorism and whether somebody's going to poison my water. <laughs> um, I really have no uh, immediate uh, top of mind food safety content. Oh, well, I have some top of mind food safety content and my top of mind food safety content is something I'm got, I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit. Um, and you and I have actually talked about this on the podcast, but I did some some digging yesterday and I needed your help because uh, there was a uh, press release that NC State put out today. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and um, my my friend, friend of the show, uh, Twitter friend of, of yours, Matt Shipman. Um, is uh, is the guy who makes me um, look awesome. He's uh, our public information officer, and he's like super super great at um, you know, being topical and getting to to story. And two years ago, he and I sat in my office, and he asked me about 
um, potato salad mm. and mayonnaise. And mm. um, I, I, he sent me a press release and then I sent him some edits back and then we both forgot about it. And, <laughs> and he's like, so, so, so maybe two weeks ago, he's like, so, so we should probably put this one out. Um, and so it posted, uh, posted today, but there was something in there that I, it, it was one of those statements where I, I knew that there was some science behind a recommendation and I could never, I could never find a, a reference for it. And the, the recommendation, um, comes from, uh, well, I don't, I actually don't know where it comes from, uh, originally, but it's, it's found in many USDA, um, messages around, uh, this time of year when it's, when it's hot and it's, uh, that if your food is sitting out for uh, you know ninety uh, and a day that's hotter than ninety degrees, um, w- you know you only have an hour with it. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a couple things that we'll throw into show notes here. And there's a fact sheet from FSIS um, that says, and I'll read this. It's about the danger zone, uh, not the Kenny Loggins danger zone. Um, but it says bacteria grow, grow most rapidly in the range of temperatures between 40 and 140. And we can talk about that later. Doubling in number in as little as 20 minutes. This range of temperatures is often called the danger zone. That's why the meat and poultry hotline advises consumers never leave food out of the refrigeration or out of refrigeration for over two hours. If the temperature is above 90 degrees Fahrenheit, food should not be left out more than one hour. Um, uh, so there's a couple of things on that. One is it's a bit confusing the way that it's written and the way that the messages are out there because Don today here in North Carolina, it is going to be over 90 degrees. In fact, right now it is probably fairly close to 90 degrees. I, does that mean I can't leave food out in my house? Cause it is, the temperature is going to be over 90 degrees. Should mm-hmm. it be not left out for more than one hour? I think what they're talking about is if it's outside. Well, and, and I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but 89 degrees, right? 91, 91. Um, you know, it's, these numbers are rules of thumb. They are estimates. They are almost entirely um, uh, what I will call uh, made up. Um, they are they are loosely informed based on on science and risk, but no one ever shows their work. Uh, no one ever shows how these numbers are derived, what assumptions went into them, et cetera, et cetera. And this right, is a right. thing that you and I have been spending a lot of time talking about recently. Um, <clears throat> Because I think we have an opportunity now that we have um, uh, tools out there like the, the pathogen modeling program and like Combase, and and we are trying to get people, you know, to think numerately, you know, to think quantitatively around around stuff like this. Um, it's time. So so good, good props to you and uh, and uh, and Matt Shipman. Yeah. Well, and so I I had this line <clears throat> that I edited um, from two years ago that that said something about. Um, you know, every, every, every 30 minutes bacteria can, can double and, and whatever, which is also kind of doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, right? Like, cause what we're really worried about are pathogens that might be there growing. It's not quote bacteria. So, so what I, what I started, I, I, I texted you and you were talking to my, my Canadian kin. Um, and I was like, do you know any references? And then yeah, you never answered me. Um, cause you were talking to somebody else, uh, which I'm working is, on my microphone technique, Ben. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, hard, so, it's hard work getting that microphone technique. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
Um, so then I was like, Hey, I can, I'll, I I've noodled around in com base a little bit. So let me go and, and do a little noodling. Um, and so I picked uh, staff Aureus and I picked uh, salmonella, um, just as two you know, potential, uh, human pathogens. And here's, here's the other thing that, that I, I guess, and this is not surprising to you being the math and modeler, but was something that I, I didn't have a, a really a good appreciation until I started messing around with let's set some parameters and let's look at this, you know, not, and this, this is going to sound, um, trite and, and also simplistic, but not all bacteria species act the same. If you give them the same parameters, wait a Uh, minute, are you saying it depends, (laughs) Ben, and it's complicated? Yes. Um, so I I have to say, I love your, I love your barf blog article. Um, Don finally answered, let the record show that my CBC (laughs) interview was 15 minutes. And so, yes, I might've been delayed at the most 15 or 16 minutes in responding. So anyway, all of the, all of this work that I did was in those 15 minutes. (laughs) That's the thing I love about modeling is you could, you can, you can accomplish so much with so, so little. I did. I did. So, so anyway, I, I picked, um, 90 degrees or I tried to for staph aureus and, and the com base model didn't allow me. It only let me go to 30 Celsius, which is like 87 Fahrenheit. Um, and I, I said, okay, um, let's start with, let's make an assumption that there's no lag and, and you confirm that that would be something that we, you know, that's conservative. Uh, and we could definitely go ahead and, and say that, especially if it was the food was starting at room temperature. Um, and I said, okay, and we have one log of, contamination um how how much more contamination do we get uh after an hour and it was not quite another log uh it takes a little longer um in fact to get up to um to two logs was was uh, just under under two hours for staff at that uh, at that temperature uh salmonella three degrees uh higher because the model would go up to 32 or two degrees higher i guess uh I went ahead and played with that, and uh, it would over uh, just in an hour, one, 1. 1.2 hours, uh, we'd have a log, one log increase. And this is the the part that I, I it, until I really like started looking at it and thinking about it, I I didn't have the fullest appreciation for it's. It's not that I mean, so the. It's not that FSIS's information is incorrect. Yeah, bacteria are growing. They're going to be growing regardless of what um, what the temperature is, unless it's below forty one degrees. And and if we're not talking about listeria, if we're talking about specific pathogens, they're going to be growing. They're going to be growing slowly. They're going to get. They're going to grow faster um, at these warmer temperatures. But the threshold, and this is in something that you talked about. Um, when you were here in North Carolina uh, a few weeks ago, the threshold is a risk management decision. One log versus doubling versus just an increase. What's acceptable, and and, and what uh, what I'm I, I guess I've I've learned over the past few years as we've talked about this um, uh, quite a bit is is that the 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 standard that or maybe it's not even maybe the standards even too strong a, wor- a word but the the agreement that the many people have is well let's let's focus on a one log increase a tenfold um increase and even that's a little i mean it's a little bit arbitrary right like but it's but that's the risk management decision right and let's so there's a couple other things i want to point out here too um <clears throat> if you have salmonella in your potato salad 
don't eat the potato salad, right? It doesn't yeah. matter how hot it is or how long you leave it out. What we're talking about is if you happen to have pathogen X there, does the risk increase significantly? You could have potato salad that you leave out all freaking day and at 90 degrees or 100 degrees if it's sterile or if it's pathogen-free, it's going to be pathogen-free at the end of the day as long as you didn't recontaminate it, right? And so, but what we're talking about is, is some worst-case assumptions. And that's the other thing, too, is that, um, and I think, I think I might quibble with one, one word in your blog post. You say that the staff model doesn't go as high as 90 degrees F, so it's a bit conservative. You know, I try to, I, I almost always get this right, but I sometimes get it wrong. We have to be careful when we use words like conservative mm. and liberal, because if it doesn't go as high, that model is actually going to be biased in a failed, dangerous way. You're going to be underpredicting, and so the way that I use conservative, like the the assumption of no lag time, is conservative. Not going to a higher temperature, that's the opposite of conservative, right? Gotcha. So, that, so, but but it's but it's complicated. And then the other thing is that this the idea that you have to switch between back and forth between F and C, depending on who you're talking to and whether you're using models. And then and then the other and then and then the fact that there are limits to the the range of the models. These are all things that we talk about like again uh, we i think we mentioned that um i recently got back from teaching a challenge study uh, workshop in chicago with uh, friends uh, friends of the podcast uh, linda harris and uh, kathy glass and these are exactly the things that we talk about when you're trying to use models to make predictions you always have limitations you have to convert temperatures you have to make assumptions uh, you have to decide what's an acceptable level of increase um you know and so it, it it is, but 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 here's the thing: just because that's complicated and just because it's hard to do, doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. Especially if I really think that again, you know, we ought to show our work. If we're going to tell people why is it not okay or why is the recommendation one hour versus two hours, we should we should show the thought process behind that, not just well, I have a PhD and this is what I think, right? Right, 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 and and also. I think not only the thought process, but have a, a sense of what that limit is and why we're picking that limit, right? Like mm-hmm. why, why one log, why not two logs? Why not half a log? Why not double? Right. Well, like and I would say, I would say for Staphylococcus, for, sta- for Salmonella, um, right. I think that you could get a consensus around one log or if you want to be super conservative half a log. I think for Staphylococcus, given the levels that typically we see in food and the levels needed to get uh, enterotoxin formation, I think you're probably fine to go with um, like as much, again, expert reports have said as much as three logs. That's a risk management decision, but I'm not, honestly, if you told me that this food, you put Staphylococcus into this food and you put in 100 and you can tell me definitively that you saw a one log increase and so now there's uh, 10 to the fourth, I would probably eat that food. I mean, especially if it was on a dare, right? Um, I mean, if I had a choice, I wouldn't eat it. But 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 that's a relative, but, but food that's gone from 100 Staphylococcus to 1,000 Staphylococcus, that's a, that's a low risk situation. If you, on the other hand, if you told me this is food that had 100 Salmonella and now it's got 1,000 Salmonella, I'm not going to take either one of them because I know that that those represent um, uh, very distri- distinct uh, differences in risk, um, and 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 also very even the hundred salmonella is is significantly different, lo- higher in risk than a thousand staphylococcus. Right, 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 and and that's it's not simple, <laughs> right? Like, right. and and we want to digest it down to some sort of simple 
um, message. Right. Like if, like if somebody calls not. and asks you what to do with the potato salad, you can't just do a 15-minute rant on the difference between salmonella and staph and converting temperatures and models, right? Like no one's going to pay for that. Yeah. No, one's, no, one's gonna, no, no one really wants that particular hot take. That's, I do. That's, well, I you do. and I do, right. Well, well, we have a podcast. But, but I mean, but, but yeah, if you want to distill something down to a press release, um, you want something that's a little bit less than that, but a little bit more than here's a link to the FSIS website, right? Right, right, exactly. And and I also want to be able to um, – and this, this is kind of where the whole thing started was I, I wanted to be able to be – if someone asked me where that came from, I wanted to know or at least have some justification on, on being able to show my work somewhere. Um, and so, yeah, I turned it into a blog post that was not, you know, at the time I posted it yesterday, it was not linked to what, uh, you know, the press release that now that went out today. Um, it's, you and I have talked about this, uh, before and, and I, I, I've had conversations with folks that are in our, in our world. The thing that, that comes up over and over again when you're talking to people not in the food safety world are these types of questions, right? Like people want to know about the five second rule and they want to know what, you know, why, why do people wash their chicken and why shouldn't I wash my chicken? And you can make this, this connection, I think around these, these science-based, um, questions and that, I, I don't know. I mean, I assume that people in other fields have similar stuff, like um, like thinking back to Patriot, like someone who's in the piping uh, industry uh, goes to a sort of a um, uh, <laughs> some sort of uh, dinner party, and, and someone wants to talk to them about flow dynamics. Um, for us, it's uh, could I, you know, how, how should I thaw my turkey? Uh, but this this stuff does connect with people, right? Like it it. It's beyond our our weird little world. Well, and yeah, and this I talked about this in the CBC interview. Is like why why do people care about this so much? Well, because we we all eat food, right? Um, and we all have uh, we all have food that we uh, especially coming up on Memorial Day, right? We all have we're going to have cookouts, and we're going to have to think about how to cook our burgers. <clears throat> And we're going to think about how long to leave the potato salad out. Like we all, we all have that. So we all feel entitled to have an opinion, um, you know, versus something that is maybe uh, less uh, mundane uh, or, or more esoteric. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, I I enjoyed, and I think over the last few years, I've I've become more interested in the in the why, like in the show your work part. Like and, exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. So speaking to show your work, mm. um, here's my here's my other fun one from this week. Yeah, this was um, good. <laughs> so uh, I I got a I got a call. There's um, someone who who we know. There's a few people at Lifehacker who who have who either follow Barf Blog or the podcast or follow us on Twitter. And and uh, Beth Swaricki is is one of those. Um, one of those people and Beth, um, she like retweets some stuff, uh, every once in a while we, we've engaged, uh, on, on social media and then, um, she's interviewed me a bunch of times. And so I got this, uh, email message from, um, Nick Douglas saying, Hey, best work. You said you might know something about water rotting. And I was like, Hmm, what, what do you mean? Um, and so our email exchange sort of went like, so did I, and, and so I, so water goes bad, right? Um, and I was, my, you know, comment was kind of like, well, it kind of depends what you mean by bad. Um, and I, I did this, this interview, um, that, 
was, you know, the, uh, the, the, where we talked about what could go wrong. And the quote that came out um, of it w- was really about food debris and, um, and and not the water itself, but stuff that might be in, um, in a glass. And uh, what I said to uh, Nick Douglas, which became the pull quote, as you pointed out on Twitter, is um, what would matter is if like someone had poop on their finger and stuck it in there. <laughs> and I, um, so, well, I mean, there you go. Right. I mean, and, and, and honestly not to put too fine a point on it. Um, if it's just normal poop, not diarrhea, foodborne illness poop, it's probably, that's probably still even okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yeah. disgusting. Well, Don't be putting your poop yeah. finger in my water, but, um, still, well, and I looked at the poop as twofold. One is it might be introducing pathogens and two, that it's a, maybe a decent nutrient source. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, but that was, that was it. But I hadn't, I mean, you said, um, when we were, uh, tweeting back, tweeting back and forth that you had been asked about this water spoiling water going bad at, at some point as well. Um, and I, I, this is the first time this one's can't come up. I, I'm not, I don't remember seeing this. I, I, I know I've talked about, um, expiration dates and bottled water, but this is not what, what Nick was talking about. He was talking about, um, it's, you, maybe you like to have a, a glass of water beside your bedside, beside your bed on your bedside table. And, uh, you, you pour that glass in the morning, you know, before you go to bed and then it sits there overnight. Um, you know, his, his point was it's probably not bad at that point, but say you left it there for like two weeks, it would go bad. Right. Um, and I was, I was like, uh, no, I mean, there's definitely stuff that's floating around in the air that might drop in there and, and maybe you get some, some growth, but you're not gonna, it's not going quote bad, but then, um, it depends what your definition of bad is. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I, yeah, I was also interviewed and I'm trying to think, uh, I'm trying to think who, who I was interviewed by and it might've been, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not finding it. Um, maybe, and maybe, maybe it was the same guy, but he didn't, he didn't use my quote cause you gave a much better quote. Um, but I want, but I want to say it wasn't, I want to say it was, uh, it was some, somebody else. Um, and I know I got a consumer question from one of my regular, uh, consumer types that emails me, um, with the latest things that he's worried about. Um, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I, I'm not finding it, but, but it, you know, it, it's funny how these things sort of percolate through the consciousness and then, or through the, 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 the blogosphere and then periodically they'll come up and we'll get interviewed about, about various things. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting and, and it's good. I mean, people, it's good that people are asking these questions and it's good that we can, we can actually devote some, um, some, some time to educating people. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I guess I didn't, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on thinking what I was telling them. And I did this interview while I was sitting uh, last Friday night in my backyard, drinking a beer while my kids were running around with like 40 kids from the neighborhood. And, um, he had, had scheduled a time to call and, and chat and then it got pushed a couple of times. So I was like, I, I don't know. I was a little more flippant with my, with my interview, which I think led to a much better quote. Uh, yeah, and that, and that, that, yeah, that, and that works, uh, that works for life hacker, right? Cause it needs to yeah. be, it needs to be kind of light and breezy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that, the, those are the, uh, the, the 
two things. There's a, the, I had a third thing that I wanted to, to talk about. So just, just before we completely leave this topic, since I do happen to have this nice uh, bottle of uh, Dysani water here, they're not a sponsor. Um, uh, it, it was produced on 4-16-18, and it expires uh, April 15th, uh, 2019. So water, uh, one, uh, one year shelf life, um, oh, at good. least if it's uh, Dysani water. Nice. Well, and uh, it'll, it uh, hopefully doesn't go bad. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> I'm going to probably drink it later today. <laughs> Um, all right. So the last, last thing or another thing that I had on my list that I've been working on this week, I'm going to text, I'm going to text you a bunch of text right now. Okay. So you don't have to read it. And, and it's not for show notes, but I, I was approached by, um, a, a group yet, yeah, um, a group called the conversation. Um, do you, are you familiar with the conversation? It's a movie, right? With Gene uh-huh. Hackman. <laughs> I think that, yep. I think you're right. Uh, it is also, um, I don't, I don't know how exactly where it's set up, but my guess is that, um, since print media has gone through, um, different evolutions over the last five or six years and newspapers are closing and science writers are, are being fired and, and different beats are going away. Um, that there, this, this group has been set up and it's sciencey type writing, but with, um, news editors. And I, I get the sense that they reach out to university type folks, um, to write as experts, uh, on, you know, topics and that, you know, timely things that are, that are going on. And, um, they, it's kind of like the old school, write an op-ed and get it published in a newspaper, except not doing the legwork, um, yourself as, as the, as the writer. And it's like, write something and that they will post it, but they also have connections with Associated Press and, um, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, daily newspapers worldwide where if you, if, you know, they, it, it's made freely available to those groups. And if it gets picked up, then you get a lot of, a lot of coverage, um, uh, on it. So they, the, this group approached me a, a few weeks ago about, um, at, at that point, the unknown sourced E. coli 0157H7, um, outbreak that CDC had, had announced and which we now know is, is linked to romaine lettuce, or at least, uh, certainly appears to be, but there's some, some fun stuff with that, um, as well. Um, and they, they said, so write us something about this outbreak. And this is, I, I, you, you, you and I have, um, we've, we've talked on the podcast a little bit about, uh, the writing buddies group that, that we have, um, you and me and, um, Michelle Danilock and Linda Harris. And I have started tracking my, my writing a little more, um, than I had in in the past couple of months. And I, it's, I, I wrote about 500 words on this and it took me like three and a half hours, which seemed long, but I didn't, this, this, this was a struggle for me because I just didn't know exactly what to write. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't know, I, I didn't know what, what to add to the, to the discussion on this one. Like it's, it's not like, and it's not like we're, we've got a Jensen farm situation. Um, the cantaloupe, uh, linked outbreak from 2011 where a farm through the investigation, there were things that were missed, the things that went wrong. There was, you know, improper use of wash water and, um, uh, cleaning and sanitizing a, a, a sorting line that was meant for potatoes. Like there's, there's a story there. This one, it, the struggle with 
this outbreak from, from my standpoint is I, I don't know what to tell people like it, the, we don't, we don't know. And so I, that's kind of what I wrote, but I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard back from the editor on it. So we won't, we won't share the, the whole, uh, the whole piece, but I wanted to share the process. Cause this was, this was another like different type of, of process for me. And it's harder. I, I don't know. It's harder to figure out what I wanted to write. Well, and it's a moving target too, right? I mean, when did you, when did you write this? I wrote part of it like a week ago and I wrote the other part of it like on Monday. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, that's, I mean, it's still a moving target, right? Like it's, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. What would you, I mean, so uh, the reason I wanted to share it with you is what would you write about this, this romaine linked outbreak right now? Like what's, what's the story to you? Um, well, I hate to say it depends and it's complicated, but that's the story, right? It, like we, we just don't know. We, there's, 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 oh God. And, and what is it? Uh, uh the, the known unknowns and the, <laughs> Right, right, right. Terrible Dick Dick Cheney quote, a great quote, a terrible person. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, I mean, I guess my question is, um, how does, how does, first of all, how does Alaska fit into it, right? Um, Because that's the only definitive link to a field. Um, uh, I guess part of the story is still unfolding because we don't know if we still, if if we're going to see cases come in that window. I think part of the story for me is like, I don't think CDC has done a very, like I had um, uh, Veronica Bryant, a uh, neuro nerd friend of the show, email me um, or, or t- uh, uh, Twitter, Twitter message me, text me and to say like, what are they saying? And I had to read it like three or four times. Like, well, let's do the date math, right? The last day of harvest in Yuma was the 16th of April add the three-week shelf life, May 7th is the magic number. And so the question is, are we going to see any cases that, that started after May 7th? And, but, the, but, but that was, that was all, the, all that information was in the, the latest uh, CDC message, but it wasn't, they didn't draw a line through it, like to say, okay, this is the date math that we're doing. And so this is what we're watching. And so if, if we don't see cases that, that uh, would have originated after May 7th, we know it's conf- it is definitely confined to Yuma. Um, but I would like to know more about what are the common factors in Yuma? I would like to know more. And we had a great conversation, our little uh, mini episode um, uh, with uh, with Travis and, and, and Michelle Daniluk, um, talking about like what's the water system look like in Yuma. Um, some great questions that people gave us on Twitter, like what about shared equipment? Um, but like, does the equipment, the harvest equipment, I think moves with the harvest. And so, um, you know, what, what commonalities are there there? Uh, theoretically, it could be a sick worker. So I would like to know more about the workers that harvested. But, but again, I, you know, I, and here's the, and I don't, I just don't know enough. I know enough to know that I don't really understand, um, like the details of how lettuce is harvested in, in Yuma and, or in Southern California. And so though, when I think about that outbreak, those are the things that I think about. Yeah, I, I, I like, I agree with all that, that stuff. Um, the struggle that I, that I had, cause I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really tell that, that story. I, it, the struggle that, that I really had was how do we do that in 400 to 600 words? And, and it's not, this is a, this is more like a 3000 word kind of, thing to, uh, to, to really dive into 
you know, starting back at that Alaska connection to uh, harvest dates, right? Like it's the, there is, there is a lot of complication to this one and we don't have, well, and there's a complication, lots of them, but we, there's just not that, that straight line to, to tidy up. Like what, what is this, what does it all mean? And, well, and I, oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and so if I had to write 300 words, I would, what I would do is I would just write basically a, a written version of what I just told you. And then I would do a word count and then I would figure out, okay, what do I have to cut? Right. Because, cause I can, I can write to 300 words. I just don't know. I, I don't know what I don't do is I don't think about, okay, what's the story I can tell in 300 words. What I right. do is I tell the story and then I say, okay, how do I have to, to change this story to get it to hit 300 words? Um, and, and that may, that may change the story of, of necessity because you've got to boil it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Go, going back to something that um, that you mentioned and talking with uh, NeuroNerd a little bit, yeah, there, th- this story has continued to to have legs, and um, CDC got even had a media blitz a couple of days ago. Talk, and and I think this is probably based on pressure that they're receiving from the industry, saying, "Oh no, it's fine to eat romaine lettuce again." Um, and, and even that is a weird thing to me. Um, it's, it wasn't like, I don't know. It's the way that this outbreak's unfolding is different from other ones for, for whatever reason. And so it's, yeah, it's making it hard for me to, to figure out what to, what to tell people, what kind of insight I have on it and what to tell people in a, in 400 words. Well, and and see, here's the thing. So let's let's for a minute look at the latest CDC epi curve, right? And so um, there's the, always that gray box on the right-hand side that says illnesses that started during this time may not yet be reported until that gray box shifts so that it does not encompass um, uh, anything after uh, April, uh, May 7th, which would be the, the calculated last date. Then I don't think we can sound the – we can pr- – well – we can't. We can't. We can. We can already sound the all clear because we are. We are after April. We are after May seventh. So no lettuce is out there that's going to make people sick. What we can't say is we can't say that our our knowledge of the outbreak and our knowledge of the number of illnesses from the outbreak is over, right? Because the outbreak may. St- and this is. And this is again. This is another very subtle point that you and I know, and we've talked about, and that 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 prefer- food safety professionals who've thought about it probably know, but there's a difference between is this outbreak going to get bigger versus is it safe to eat romaine? And we may still see the outbreak get bigger. And and if indeed it, it is truly only connected to Yuma lettuce, then yes, the outbreak is over. If, if somehow it's lettuce beyond Yuma, then the outbreak is not over and it's also going to continue to get bigger potentially. Right, right. And, and we... Probably at this point, will not really know what the source was. Well, uh, the question is like, what is what is FDA and what are FDA and CDC doing right now? Like, how many boots on the ground are there? Where are they sampling? I, I, you know, I understand the need to be right, um, but I would really love to know all the places that they've sampled that they haven't found it, right? Yeah. And they yep. cuz clearly clearly they don't have a smoking gun or we'd know about it, right? But but what about all the things that they've te- like what have they tested already that, that they didn't find? Like I'd like to know all of that. Now granted that's not going to be 300 words. And and again, one of the yeah. most useful things to me coming out of the um the spinach outbreak 
um, the the uh, 2006 spinach outbreak was the the detailed multi-page document that FDA released, um, which first was uh, had sections that were redacted that that weren't actually redacted. <laughs> right, right. So you could cut and paste from underneath the black mark, which was which was fantastic. So, so thanks, thanks for that, FDA. Um, uh, but I would love a document like that for this outbreak. Like, where did they go? What did they test? Um, you know, and then and then you know, please poorly redact as much as you can because I want to <laughs> see what's really underneath those redact. And I and obviously they they can't do that. They need to do the redaction right. But but I would I would really love to know that right. And I would also love to know. More more about from the industry as well, and I again I understand there's lawyers involved from the on the industry side, and they don't want to say stuff because that's what they do is not say stuff. But but again, I I'm really curious about this, and for sure, if there was a 50 page report or a 100 page report that didn't tell us anything, but that 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 went through you know dozens of pages not telling us stuff because they they what tell us what you did do, I would read that report. That would be fascinating. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But but again, I'm not the I'm not the the audience, right? That that's looking for you know the quick answer, you know, yes, no, eat romaine, yeah. which I don't even like, right? Like I'm uh, romaine is <laughs> I think that's I, is, that, is that the title of your article? Yeah, um, it's like Caesar salad. Yeah, is it's not salad. even the best salad. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not. A, I used to like Caesar salad more. I think my my go to uh, lettuce these days um, is arugula, um, which yeah. I really like arugula. And then if I go to the store and I buy uh, lettuce, I'll buy like the the red leaf. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't care for the romaine. I like the. I like the color of the red leaf myself. So, right, right, yeah. I I like. I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss on this one. I I, I struggled. I struggled. I struggled to tell to tell more of a story. And I because the the was what was out there. And I agree. I'm 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 pretty much uh, not not into the Caesar salad. <laughs> um, so yeah. So those are those are some of the things that that I wanted to to talk about. It's it's funny. There's not a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, other than what we what we just talked about. Um, in in the public, uh, um, public realm. The only thing that I, that I still had on my list was, did you see the listeria outbreak in Sweden linked to mashed potato machine? Oh, I did not. Yeah. So this is something that we picked up, um, from, uh, a Swedish, uh, Swedish newspaper. Um, uh, let me, uh, send this uh, baby to you. Um, so uh, products from a food producer in Western Sweden have been recalled after they were linked to a deadly outbreak of listeria. There have been four deaths in Vostra Götaland in Western Sweden that experts have linked to listeria. Um, Center for Disease Control in, in Sweden um, said that everyone who, who died were elderly um, or affected by other illnesses, which is not a surprise, um, you know, based on, on, on listeria. Um, and the uh it, it you know it was linked to um some uh prepackaged uh um uh mashed potatoes and it was a specific machine uh that was uh filling um single portion uh pre-cooked and chilled packet meals wow which I, i'm guessing were not reheated i was, my, would guess not right or maybe just slightly reheated maybe they're microwaved yeah, well, and, and but and but I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah, oof, I don't know. Um, you know, the best thing about this whole article is the uh, the Swedish name for their Center for Communicable Disease Control. Yeah. Schmitzkid. Schmitzkid. 
<laughs> we need we need a Swede to tell us how to pronounce that. Um, yeah, this is <laughs> this is an interesting one um, for sure. Uh, wow. Yeah. Four yeah. four deaths and this, this doesn't say how many cases. No, it doesn't. Um, and I couldn't. We couldn't find it. I mean, I'm sure it's because it's in Swedish. Mm. Uh, we couldn't find the original. Uh, all we got was the English English version of the local dot yep. se, which is uh, uh, the local dot uh, Sweden, the yep. local Swede. Yep. So yeah, so let's um, let's do some listener feedback. Um, uh, so green potatoes, Ben. Uh, what do you, do you know? Do you know anything about green potatoes? I know a little bit about green potatoes. Um, that I, you know, I think that uh, if you uh, let those potatoes sprout, that they. Uh, create this uh toxin that turns uh or well they turn green and then there's a little bit of toxin that can be in there but it's not something that uh that i've seen uh, i know of leading to to illnesses uh in the past yep so that that's exactly right so uh the green um uh color is or the green color is an indication of um solanine and there was a good there's a good article uh from or i found a good um uh link uh to a page uh from um university of nebraska but it's now it's not it's not coming up uh because the internet is uh, broken yeah same same thing uh you may maybe you made it too popular by sending it to us yeah yeah. So, all right. So, well, that, that's that's. I want to really link to that because I thought that was a really actually was a very nice uh, fact sheet from Nebraska. But uh, we're not going to be able to find it uh, quickly here. So, um, let's do some more feedback. Um, yeah. So I um, I sent. Uh, I, oh, so this is this is great. So uh, this is uh, you can read my message, not my name. Um, so uh, nickname uh, is going to be Dr. Joe, who's a real doctor. So thank you, Dr. Joe, for this message. Uh, he writes, uh, thank you both for the podcast. I've been listening for a year and I've learned so much. I'm a 55-year-old physician and none of the info you present was ever taught in school. Um, I feel like I should get continuing medical education <laughs> credits for the show. We'll, we'll give them to you, Dr. Joe. No problem. Um, just tell me where to sign. Um, uh, I learn more in a single episode than I do in the usual CME courses. Um, uh, looks forward to every episode. He loves the banter, loves the side topics. Oh, and he, this is, so this is, this is cool. This made my day, Ben. So my talking about the wonderful British show, Doc Martin, about an eccentric country doctor, um, uh, it was something that he uh, learned about. And, and so, uh, he's, uh, he's really excited. And also, um, he's going to start watching Lost in Space, um, because he has the same perspective on that original show that we did. So thank you, uh, Dr. Joe, who is a real doctor, um, for emailing us. Um, and thank you for listening. So that's, that's really exciting. And then I also, um, emailed, um, the, uh, wonderful spouse of my former graduate student, Dane, and she is also a real doctor. And, uh, so I said, Hey, um, uh, as an actual ad, my message to her was as an actual medical doctor who helps people. She's an ER doc. I thought you might be interested. And she says, uh, I'm at a conference learning how to give appropriate feedback. Uh, do you need more feedback? <laughs> and she said, also, I would like my code name to be Dr. Cake. So, uh, so thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Dr. Cake, who is definitely not, um, married to anybody that uh, used to work in my lab, uh, to keep it all anonymous. So thank you. Yay, Dr. Thank you, Cake. Dr. Cake. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's good. Um, let's see, um, more, uh, more feedback. Um, 
this is uh, Craig the Cable Guy, public health inspector, who's really not not happy about that moniker. But uh, uh, so he also wants to say that uh, he should have been more specific when he sent his original email about eggs. Um, he's talking specifically about hard boiled eggs that are air cooled in the shell. Um, uh, he would love to see some uh, science behind the claim. Um, uh, he did find some information from the 2017 food code. The, the science is not explained, but the food code does specifically exempt shell eggs intact, air-cooled, hard-boiled eggs from being a TCS food. And I guess um, the logic behind this is that if they are air-cooled, the possibility of recontamination is minimal since they're hard-boiled. The inside of the egg is going to be uh, pathogen-free, and so that's why they're exempt from being TCS, which which I guess kind of kind of makes sense. Um, I would still worry, and I think this was originally a, a, a question around backpacking uh, or, or you know trail foods. If I'm and I, I apologize if I don't have all the details correct on that, um, but if you did. If you were to crack that somehow accidentally, then you obviously it would render it potentially able to to cause spoilage. And I also want to say too, I just speaking of um, stuff I've been doing recently, I was working with an entrepreneur um, who wanted to sell some foods, um, sell his uh, uh, extended cook uh, poached eggs, uh, and so I did some time temperature lethality studies. And it turns out you can make uh, you can make apparently a pretty good poached egg uh, that has hundreds of log reductions for salmonella and dozens of log reductions for listeria uh, just by uh, using a sous vide uh, machine and, and uh, cooking those eggs to 140 for uh, for an hour. So Ooh. so yeah, so that's a that's a pretty cool uh, uh, trick there. So. That's that's very cool. Yeah, I so th- this is where I think we we should call on um, another listener who uh, who listens to the um, to the podcast who we've already mentioned, Nora Nerd, because I know she knows some stuff about this air cooled egg, and I think it's probably in the. Um, uh, references, uh, part of the food code, uh, appendix whatever. three. Yeah. Appendix three. So, so I didn't, I didn't do any like looking at that. Um, yeah, like other than what I'm looking at right now in annex three, where it talks about shell eggs and cooling hard boiled eggs shall with shell intact, may be cooled in ambient air and are not considered to be a time temperature control for safety food. After cooling hard boiled eggs may be cooled in drinking water, but are considered to be time temperature control for safety food after cooling because pathogens, which may be present in the water may pass through the egg shell during cooling. Oh, that's so, pretty much what I said. So yeah. Yep. So there you go. Cool. But but if uh, Nora Nerd's got any any further insights, we appreciate it. We should have her on sometime. She would love that. Yeah. Oh yeah. She and she would. Oh, and the other person that I invited on um, who couldn't come because of a doctor's appointment is the wonderful and amazing uh, Alex Cox from oh, yeah. uh, Dubai Friday. She was lamenting uh, the fact that there's too many tech shows with uh, dude bros like you and me talking, and they need more uh, female voices. And I immediately uh, jumped on the Twitter as soon as I saw her message and invited her to be on the show. So she would very much love to be on the show, but she just couldn't make it today. So. Well, let's, let's get let's have her on. Yeah, so uh, so Alex, uh, we'll work with you on that. Um, oh, so uh, this is some great some great feedback. Um, so um, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, and this is this is more feedback from um, Doctor Joe, who's a real doctor. Okay, um, he says, um, "Can you explain water activity?" 
and this is, this is a great question because I think this is something that, that food scientists talk about all the time but that regular people don't understand. So I have a vague understanding, but I think your listeners would benefit from an explanation. What is water activity? Why is it important? How is it measured? Um, what are some typical food water activities? And how could a consumer be aware of those risks? And so um, I would say, um, what is it? So the technical definition of water activity from a physical chemistry perspective is it's the ratio of the vapor pressure over the food versus the vapor pressure over pure water. Um, um, I found a more intuitive way to think about it is if you put a food in a sealed container and then you measure the relative humidity over the food, where relative humidity is the same thing that the weatherman talks about, that relative humidity is directly proportional to the water activity. Um, why is it important? Well, um, we know that it's not the water content of food that influences the ability of bacteria to grow. It is this water activity. Um, and so um, just like foods, bacteria grow more slowly in foods that have a low pH, uh, bacteria grow and other organisms grow more slowly in foods that have a low water activity. Um, how is it measured? It's measured with a water activity meter. Um, those are there are two basic principles. Either you can use an electric hygrometer, um, which basically is a sensor for water molecules, uh, and a more uh, less expensive design, a more recent innovation is using a refrigerated mirror. And, and so what happens is that the temperature of the mirror drops, and as it drops, it eventually it reaches the dew point, which is the point where dew would form on grass or, 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 or in other uh, examples. And the air, uh, and in fact, uh, just, just as the uh, Diet Coke that came out of the Coke machine this morning had the condensation on it, that, that uh, temperature uh, around that um, was such that, and the humidity in the air was such that it uh, condensed. So, um, and so what happens is you look at that mirror, and then as the temperature drops, you hit the dew point, and then the mirror becomes cloudy, and then that represents the, the, the dew point, and then from the dew point, there's a mathematical relationship to the water activity. Um, uh, in terms of water activity of foods, we will uh, link to a, a page on the UC Davis uh, website, um, Water Activity in Food, which gives uh, different food products and different water activities. Um, and basically, water activity is measured uh, on a scale from zero to one, um, where one is pure water and zero is just you know bone dry, uh, nothing. So, um, um, so basically, um, yeah, and the way that uh, food scientists would manipulate water activity uh, would be to um, uh, add uh, a, a solute like sugar or salt to a food. And this is the way we pr preserve foods in the old days, you know, making beef jerky or salt tack or something like that. Um, we would add those uh, solutes and they would basically absorb the water. Um, uh, microbiologists like to talk about water binding capacity of ingredients. Uh, that technically, according to the physical chemists, I know that's not a, actually a technically correct. But again, you can think about it. If you put sugar or salt in a food, the water is attracted to the sugar and salt. And then uh, less makes that that less available to the microorganisms. Um, how can a consumer modify or be aware of the associated risks? There's not really much a consumer can do to affect water activity. Obviously, if you're making uh, beef jerky, you need to be able to make it safely. Um, and that involves, you know, the way you manipulate water activity. Um probably the uh, one uh, obvious way that a consumer might 
uh, experience water activity. Let's say you bake fresh bread at home and then uh, you don't let the bread cool. Uh, and so while it's still hot, you put it into a plastic bag. Uh, the water is going to evaporate from the bread. It's going to condense on the plastic bag and then maybe drip back onto the bread, lowering its quality and, and maybe also um, providing a, a place for uh, for mold to grow because of the, the elevated uh, water activity. So, But there's not uh, – one of the reasons probably why we don't talk about it too much is that there's not a lot that a consumer can do to to modify it. And, of course, the other thing too related to what you do um, uh, at the, at the um, State Fair – is one of the reason why, reasons why uh, jams and jellies are low risk is because they have a high uh, sugar content and they do have a relatively speaking uh, low water activity. So, anything you want to add uh, to water activity? No, I, I mean I, I really was gonna gonna just get into jams and jellies, and you did it. So <laughs> that, that, that was, I mean, you know, thinking about it from a preservation standpoint, right? You you know that um, strawberries are not going to last very long, and um, just from a spoilage standpoint. And so the way to preserve them was to use, to manipulate water activity, um, by adding a whole bunch of sugar and, um, you know, gelatin, um, as well, but, um, or it's not gelatin, pectin, uh, as well, but, but you can use either natural pectin or, or added pectin, but that it's really about, um, you know, pH and, and water activity, but yeah, no, I think you, I, I, there, I, there was a bunch of stuff that you shared that I didn't know about. I have not heard about the refrigerated, um, uh, mirror, uh, mm-hmm. technique. And I didn't really, I, that technical, um, aspect of vapor pressure. I, I didn't have a, a good sense of that. So that was cool. Thank you. Cool. Oh, you're welcome. And the other thing that we'll add is that uh, you and I have been uh, corresponding uh, with uh, Dr. Beth McCoy at uh, Geneseo about the possibility of coming to uh, Geneseo to, for a visit, and it looks like that's going to happen. Um, and I want to link to an article, a, bo- a blog post by Jack Snyder um, entitled Ruminating on a Self-Sustaining Class, uh, where he talks about his experiences in Dr. McCoy's class, or as he calls her Beth. I'm not sure I, I agree with that uh, um, uh, oh, I, uh, level I, I of uh, uh, familiarity. But I, I would. That's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> fine, whatever. Um, uh, and and so uh, we'll we'll link to that. And uh, he does mention you specifically, and he does mention your food safety videos. And so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice essay. So so take a look at that if you're interested. And uh, yeah, if you if you're around, uh, come see us in Geneseo when we work out the details. So and then one. Um, one last um, thing, uh, which is a um, a blog post. Oh, so there are Twitter posts. So this is from uh, Ian, um, who uh, emails us on Twitter about um, the. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, and this is relates to your experiments where people uh, mishandled meat and lettuce in a kitchen, and we did some math about um, cross contamination. Yeah. Um, and I think I think his probability math is spot on. So so good work on the probability math. Um, but I think that he maybe misunderstood um, what the question was that we were asking. And so it's not um, it's not that um, we 
calculated. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm not very good at probability. Um, or apparently looking at the internet. But but the the, the bottom line is that. He, uh, his probability math is correct, but I think he misunderstood what we were trying to calculate because we're trying to calculate the probability that a, a pathogen-free salad would become contaminated in someone's kitchen versus the possibility that salad that you bought from the store is contaminated. And it's not right. a uh, it's not a joint probability. It's it's just it's just relative probabilities. Did I, right. did I, did you, do you follow at all what I'm saying? Well, I'm, I follow what you're saying. Okay. I don't know the difference between joint and relative probabilities, <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I guess the, the, the way that maybe what, what Ian was trying to do is say, okay, let's put, let's put these two things together. And that, maybe that's what you mean by joint. Yep. Um, and, um, what, what we were trying to, to say was not, not exactly that we were, we're, yes, we're the relative probability that the, the contamination was coming from the action in the, in the home. Yeah. So let me, let me explain what joint probabilities are. Cause I realize that's an essential part of understanding what we're talking about here. So <laughs> let's say, um, let's say, uh, the chance of rain is one in 10. Okay. And let's say the, the chance, uh, that, um, uh, what's a good one. The, the chance, let's say I have, um, two different shoes that I like to wear. And so one of one of my shoes is waterproof and the other is not waterproof. And so let's say I've got a 50% chance of wearing each shoes, each set of shoes. And so the probability that I'm going to be wearing the wrong pair of shoes on a day when it's raining is f- one in two multiplied by one in 10 or one in 20. Okay, so the probability that my feet are going to get wet is one in twenty. Because if you want to know, if you have if you have two two events that are that are independent from one another, and you want to know the chance of them occurring together, you multiply them together, right? Gotcha. And so, gotcha. if the chance of rain is one in three, and the chance of me forgetting an umbrella on any given day, whether it's raining or not, is one in three. The chance that I'm going to forget an umbrella on a day when it's raining is one in nine, because it's one in three times one in three. So that's that's what a joint probability is. But wait, okay. So now that we're down this path, I have more questions. Okay. So if you knew that, that is, that assumes that those are day, independent events, right? Yeah. But also assumes that every day that when you go to grab your shoes, you are just going to pick one or the other at, at random. Ramp. Yeah. Right. But, exactly. but that's, I mean, that's not, that's not, not how the world works. I understand. Right, right. Ma- we're talking about, right. we're talking about math here, Ben, not <laughs> the world. Cause I would, this is, I mean, this is a life hack for you, Don. Um, and, and <laughs> this is how I got into the poop finger quote right here. Uh-huh. Um, so the life hack is that if I, I you know, typically will check the weather and then will choose my shoes. If I have a waterproof shoe on whether it's likely to rain to, to then not have that one in 20, um, probability that my feet will get wet and it'll be much, much lower. It's, it's only if I step in a puddle. Um, well, exactly. That's how, that's how the real, that's how the real world works. So, um, <laughs> so, so check, check which, the weather and, and make your shoe decisions based on that. So this, this reminds me, this reminds <laughs> me of a joke. Um, so, um, and that is that, uh, let's see, let me see if I can get this right. Um, Scientists, where we tell jokes, <laughs> we, don't we tell jokes, we don't remember by partly reading from the internet. So, um, so a, 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 a scientist thinks 
that the world is approximated by equations. An engineer thinks that equations approximate the world. A mathematician is unable to make the connection. <laughs> okay. And um, and uh, so uh, what you're saying is a scientist, a mathematician, and an engineer walk, walk into, into a bar. bar. <laughs> yeah. And the bartender says, why the long face? Uh, uh, I, and I know I got the us. Anyway, I should, we shouldn't, we shouldn't <laughs> try to tell, uh, tell jokes on the podcast. Ugh. That's Not good. without That's preparation. Good. Well, I think I think that has got us all caught up on um, listener feedback. Um, oh, uh, there was a very uh, very funny um, uh, 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 message that my my graduate student Dane uh, sent to me. Um, uh, who so he sends me a picture and he says for your next podcast. Oh yeah, and basically it's a it's a picture uh, from the internet entitled uh, "Sandwiches for for Sale, London, 1972," um, and it's a it's pretty it's a pretty funny uh, it's a pretty funny picture. So we will uh, we will link to that um, in in the show notes. Um, and uh, apparently, uh, Dane is going to have a roast beef. A roast beef. Also, there is a liver sausage uh, that's available as a, as a sandwich. Uh, I am. I like this this picture quite a bit, um, and folks will will see it mainly because the chicken salad, which is fifteen pence, looks to me just as though it's a salad with chicken on it, <laughs> not what I would think is chicken salad. <laughs> and it's just a stack of of sandwiches that are yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Cheese salad. Cheese salad. Two mm-hmm. pence. Mm-hmm. Twelve pence. Twelve pence and two luncheon and a- luncheon meat and tomato. Pressed veal and tomato. Mm-hmm. I don't want to eat any of that. Egg, mayonnaise, and cress. Just 10 pence for that. Um, good. Okay. Well, I think that's uh, – I think we're up to date. So <laughs> we uh, – hey, um, I, I, I like to plug things and we mm. are going to be in Michigan Ooh. at the – uh, food law summit, I believe it's called at Michigan state. Is that, that's correct, right? Food law summit MSU. This is the part where you and I Google, uh, food law, food law seminar, uh, at the, uh, it's actually, it's, it, let me give you the full appropriate title, the global food law current issues conference, June 20 or June 19th to 21st in East Lansing, Michigan. You and I will be, um, actually participating on Thursday, um, uh, Thursday, June 21st in the crisis management and enforcement session. Uh, and we, uh, we're the lunch, uh, entertainment <laughs> in the Brody complex. Uh, we're gonna be doing a live, uh, food safety talk. Nice. So, yeah. So if people are into the, into the global food law stuff, go to East Lansing, Michigan. You can, uh, you can talk to us. And even if you're not into global food law, but you just want to come in here a live recording of the podcast, I mean, show up, show up yeah. and, and, and I mean, you probably got to pay, but, uh, you know, if you're, if you're like super cheap and you can't afford the conference and you still want to say hi, then uh, let us know. We'll, 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 uh, we'll sneak out and say hi. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a, should we do a meetup? Should we do a, we'll, we'll be there for a couple of nights or I'll be there for a couple of nights. I don't know how long you're going to be there. Yeah. But maybe. Maybe we'll do uh, people if if people are in East Lansing, Michigan, you're uh, friends of the pod 
And uh, I haven't used that term for a while, so I thought I'd throw it in. Uh, friends of the pod uh, who are not going to this to this conference, um, and you just want to like uh, hang out and grab a beer, uh, uh, you know, send us some feedback or tweet at us. Uh, but do do go support this conference because they are the folks that are uh, paying for us to come. So yeah, I think that's that's it. There's my plug. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Tom. Well, I think that's a, that's a show. All right. Um, All right. Well, I will uh, talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This one's mine. I think or so. Is this one yours. I think I think it's yours. Or did I, I do the last one? Maybe I don't remember. Look, when was the last one that I did? I did. All right, the last one was odd. So that one that is yours. This one's mine. Yay! I was trying to find the uh, show notes. Oh, or the uh, not notes. The um, show titles. Oh. Hmm. That was right, 153. That was me. Cool. Um, okay, cool. Uh, what? When shall we do this again? So 24th. So the two weeks from today is a bit problematic. Mm, me too. I could do the 4th or I could do the 11th. I'm in Rhode Island, the 5th, 6th, and 7th. DC on the eighth. Okay. Um, how, could could we could you do? Um, and the, I could do the first. Oh, the first. Which is next Friday. Oh no, that doesn't work. Um, but I could oh. do the, I could do the the fourth in the morning. Yep. Yep. I am free all day on the fourth. Well, how how early would you would you like? To uh, let's do ten to noon again. Yep. Perfect. Uh, and this is. 154? Yeah. The one we just recorded is 154. Yeah, so this one's 155. Um, all right. FST, Tendaloon. Cool. Um, okay, so uh, on the for Michigan stuff, I know we're a ways away. Yep. But I we will be traveling through Detroit on the 20th and then back like through Detroit on the 22nd. So if you want me to pick you up, we're going to like, I mean, literally drive right, right by. And I'd be happy to do that. 
if that works for your for your flights. Yeah, because my my flight my flight arrives um, at twelve thirty nine p.m. on the twentieth, so just just after noon. Okay, and let me see. Yeah. Let me do do a little uh, Google Maps calculation. I think we could probably do that. You want me just to, to send you my flight details offline, yeah, yeah. and then you can yep. let me know. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be good. And then I'll yeah, I'll talk to I'll, I'll talk to the uh, controller of the schedule. Yeah, and I, and I do have a, a rental car which I can certainly cancel. But yeah. so you're under no obligation. Um, but you know, but yeah, if you oh. if you are doing it, it would be great. And I'm also looking. Mm, I may I may uh, rescind this mm. <laughs> mainly because. As I look at the map, maybe we're not going through Detroit. Maybe ah. we're crossing uh, north of there and going, and not all that way because it's. I think it's quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. So yeah. It's 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 you know it would be really nice, but it's it would also it seems like it's going to introduce a layer of complexity into all our schedules. <laughs> it's probably true, and yeah, yeah, and you'll be waiting on us potentially, or or we have well, to or my flight's delayed, and then you're waiting on me. Oh, I mean, good point. You know, yeah, it's, you're you're on your own. You're you just you figure it out. Okay, <laughs> we'll hang out. We'll hang out, and yeah. I'll, I'll get to see your lovely kids and your lovely wife. Yeah, no, but, you uh, want my kids. We're ditching oh, them. you're ditching them. That's right. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. This is a, I'm I, I'm thinking of this is more like a it's like a second honeymoon. Nice. Well, honeymoon. I mean, for sure, you don't want me tagging along being a third true, wheel. True. The honeymoon we never had. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the plan. Yeah, so I'm looking. It'll be, um, yeah, we're not going through Detroit. So next in are like 45 minutes. Yeah, it's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll rent a car. Okay. Um, I will. Uh, all right. Good. Well, let me know. I think I sent you everything in text of the stuff we talked about, but the that article don't don't post post. No, that well, there's not there's nothing to post, right? Because it's yeah. just it was just there's no link to anything. So there's nothing. There's yeah. Nothing so I know every 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 link that you sent to me is is up. So we'll we'll Sweet. put it all in. Awesome. All right. right. We'll talk Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.